Hello and welcome into the room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I am Matty and joining me today is two of my co-hosts, Richie and Daz. Start with you, Richie, how are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. It's always nice to uh, send Everton into the relegation zone as we did on Sunday. So yeah, all good. Quadruple still alive and uh, long may it continue that, you know, Liverpool keep on picking up results and grinding out the results. So yeah, all good here. Looking forward to the Champions League semi-final against Villarreal. Yeah, Daz, how are you? Are you looking at flight zones and rubbing into some toffee's faces when, when you go down? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I've already started to go for me for the reasons. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, all, I'm all ready to go. Yeah, what a, what a game. <laughs> Most frustrating 45 minutes of my life, that first half. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start there with it. Like, what do you think? Everton came to just get a point, or do you think Liverpool just didn't click in the first half? Oh, Everton just came to get a point, of course. I mean, some of, some of the worst display of anti-football ever. Um, yeah, I mean, it was tough to break down. I mean, there was 10, ten lads behind the ball. And they did everything to slow the game down. It was That just wasn't football for me, and it was frustrating. But again, you know, end of the day, a win's a win. And Richie, um, why do you think Everton came to basically defend and they'll no lead when a point wouldn't have even got them out of the relegation zone? Like Daz said, it's so it's so much anti-football. It's probably worse than a Burnley performance I've seen at Anfield. What did you make of it? It was actually the since uh, since stats were recorded, it was the lowest based possession with 13% that any league, uh, any um, team has ever recorded. So Everton holds the record of the team with the lowest possession in any match. So, uh, you know, at least they've won something this year. Uh, they can stick that in their trophy cabinet. But yeah, I absolutely agree with, with Daz. I think it was anti-football. The shenanigans are, are what really, you know, was frustrating. Richarlison going down and Pickford going down, which would obviously come back to bite him with Ali later on. Um, I think a point in a relegation battle, a point is a very, very valuable point, especially at Anfield. So I could see what they were trying to do, because let's be honest, there were times when Anthony Gordon broke and he did look like he could cause some troubles. So Everton did have a game plan of sitting back, playing the low block and then breaking. And I understand why they did that, because they could have caught Liverpool on the break. You know, they subjective penalty decision. I personally don't think it was a penalty decision. Um, I certainly don't think it's worth you know, complaining to to Pomgol, um, which Frank Lampard has done today. I think it was a shoulder barge and Gordon stepped across and it made it look perhaps like a penalty. But, you know, I, I think they could have, I saw they had a game plan, but as soon as it went to 1-0 and they opened up, that lead was only ever going to increase. And I'm so glad that it was the uh, cult hero, Divock Origi, who got the second, because if any man deserves it, it is Divock Origi for his, not just his performances when he comes on, but just his willingness to wait and he has waited now for about four seasons and he has such an impact on that Liverpool team. And I know that every fan, including us, will be sad to see him go at the end of the season. Just picking up on what Mitchie said there, does um, Everton have complained to the referees like they did earlier on in the season? They had a valid point earlier on in the season. I don't think they do this time. Uh, I think Anthony Gordon, like Richie said, steps in front of Matip. So he's actually in, initiating the foul anyway, which was definitely not a pen. What's the point of them even doing it? Because you're going to get an apology 
that that's going to be that probably. To save face, I guess uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Because uh, I, I mean, even Lampard, like after the game, just shut your mouth. Like it, it was this whole thing uh, with Salah being brought up. If Salah, if it happened to Salah, he would he would have got the pen out. No, it wouldn't. Look at the stats on Salah. Uh, for how many times he's been fouled and he's never given a free kick or a penalty? Yeah. He's had four in the past, like, 900 minutes of football yeah. or something, like, fouls awarded. That many. So, yeah, that many, yeah. And also, what really made me laugh, Lampard saying you're not going to get anything at Anfield penalty-wise. I'm pretty sure last season they got a penalty at Anfield. Uh, well, well, remember when uh, Calvert-Lewin kicked the back of Dan Sez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the love, yeah, the love run, yeah. So, same. Same. Yeah. So it, it's just him grasping at straws because his side's shit. <laughs> you know? It makes it sweeter, doesn't it, Richie, if they do go down, that Frank Lampard in charge. And like, it, that just makes that ever so much more. Yeah, if it was Rafa, I think we're having a different conversation because we don't want Rafa to go down. Um, because it's Frank Lampard and because of the history you know, that he has with Klopp when he was Chelsea manager and he was trying to give it large and, you know, put on his big boy pants and yeah. gave Klopp a run of the mill. I think it does make it sweeter, especially with the Gerrard and the Lampard rivalry. Um, you know, my family actually all support Everton. There's only myself and my uncle who support Liverpool. So I know that they won't be too happy. I always look forward to the derbies. I think it's always a really special game in the Premier League. I will be sad to see Everton go down the Everton of old, but I won't be sad to see Lampard's Everton go down, if I'm honest. You be sad, does? No, relegate. <laughs> no, relegate them. I hate them. Like the, 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 you know, there's this talk where you know we've all been asked it. Would would it kind of with the city, you know, cause like some businesses to shut down and that? Why? I mean, the money's still coming in. That they'll have the parachute payment. So I, d I don't, in, in terms of like the whole city, I don't think that's going to change. So to me, yeah, relegate, relegate them. I mean, I'm sure that they've got the money to come straight back up. But, but to well, me, you, I mean, you say that it's, the championships are a difficult league, isn't it? The championships are really hard. Yeah, league. They're, they're championship fodder, aren't they? So they might do all right. <laughs> that defense is honestly that defense. When you're looking at it, there's there's better defenses in the championship. Yeah. I, I just, I've said to all my mates all year who are Everton fans that it's probably going to be the best thing that can happen to Everton going down because they're going to get rid of all these egos. Like, yeah. Richarlison thinks he's up there with Ronaldo and he's pff, terrible. Even Pickford, I don't rate him at all. Uh, I think he's he's a camera saves specialist. He just makes all the saves with the cameras. He's not actually a, that good of a goalkeeper. And then the rest of the team is just full of mad egos, I think they need to go down to get rid of them all to sort themselves out really yeah. I think um, th there's one player there that I would have had and that was Anthony Gordon and ironically we obviously did have him before we released him when he was 14 in the academy but he was the only one yesterday who actually played with heart and desire now that dive was a 10 out of 10 dive it was fantastic but apart from that I thought that he had a good game at least he showed drive and desire and he, he wanted to win and he was aggressive I can't believe how quick he is as well by the way I didn't realise he was that fast it's only when he's running one on one with Trent that you actually realise how quick he is. So for me, you know, that team is, yeah, it is certainly championship material. I don't think 
Calvert-Lewin has been fit all season. I think that might make a difference if he was fit. But, you know, Everton have invested so poorly over the past five or six years that they deserve nothing less. You know, they've bought so poorly. And, you know, I, I think someone like Anthony Gordon, a year in the championship, probably would actually help him develop a little bit more anyway. So I don't think he would lose, you know, too much experience by going down. Um, so, yeah, as I said, you know, the Everton of old was a, was a guaranteed four to six points every season. So I will be sad that we won't uh, be guaranteed those points every season, especially at Anfield. Speaking of poor buying, Daz, um, they spent the same money with add-ons on Deli Ali as what we're going to spend on Luis Diaz. Yeah. Uh, just how good is he? Diaz is world-class. Um, I mean, we've all said it. Him coming in in, in January and just straight off the blocks, like he's played for Liverpool for four years. He's the real deal. He, I, I, I said this yesterday to a mate of mine. He's Suarez without the biting. You know, I mean, he is. He, he's. I never thought one player could really kind of jumpstart this team because I mean, we were missing Salah, Mane, and Cater. You know, during Afcon. So I think Diaz coming in then really gave Liverpool a kick up the arse, and like you know. Uh, without him, I don't know kind of where we might be. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 loving it. Like I, I I don't get footy tops, but I might get one with his name on the back for good measure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's just a joy to watch, isn't he? I mean that that how he pulled that one ball down with the back of his his foot. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Can't have seen many uh, bicycle kick assists, can you, Richie? No, that was uh, that was special. And as I alluded to earlier, I was glad that it was a Rigi on the end of it. But Diaz has, he's come in and, and just lit the place on fire. And Matty and I were having a conversation off there and we were talking about quadruple hopes. And I said that I think Liverpool have a better chance of winning the Champions League because at the moment I can't see City dropping points. Maybe West Ham or maybe Wolves. Wolves always seem to be a bit of a bogey team for them. But... That Champions League game, if it is Liverpool City, Liverpool have a Diaz or a Jota to bring off the bench. That's phenomenal. We never had that depth before. They have a Cater or a Henderson that they can bring off the bench. You know, we've got Konate, we've got Simicas, you've got Gomez who's done a decent job. Really, the only, you know, the only players you wouldn't want to see get injured is is the goalkeeper. But even then, our goal, our second goal, he scores pens. So you know, he's, he's, he's also not bad to bring on. So our squad depth is unreal. And Luis Diaz, thank you, Tottenham Hotspur, for, for accelerating this deal. Because had they not have inquired and bid for him, you know, we would have waited until summer. And I'm so glad we didn't, especially with Bobby being injured. Um, he's just come in and, and lit the place on fire. And he, he has given competition to Mane. I know what Klopp said, that Mane didn't need that competition. But Mane has been a different player since Diaz has come in. Unbelievable, Mane. This since and I love him through the middle. I, I really, I've, yeah. I've liked him through the middle. You know, I think that he's been phenomenal because that man can finish. You know, he can score goals and run like Firmino does, but he's he can he can finish. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Diaz, woof. I think that could very well be signing of the season if we do go on to win more silverware. Is this does this surprise you then, Daz? If we, if we move on to a bit of transfer news, that was so heavily linked with Darwin Nunes from Benfica. Now, he, he impressed me, and I think he impressed a, a lot of other Reds in the two fixtures against us. He, he looks the real deal, and 
he could potentially be that plan B with his height as well. I think he's six foot three, six foot four, something like that. He's a big lad and he's fast. And anyone who can score past Allison in a one v one is going to be world class. But does it uh, does it surprise you that we're getting linked to attackers rather than midfielders going into the summer window? No, not really. I mean, at a club like Liverpool, you're always going to get you know with the with the top talent. Um, and you you got you got to wonder then you know is Bobby getting a new deal? Is he not? Are we selling Menamino, Ox, so Arigi? So there's there's room for at least another forward. And you know if the asking price is about what they ask in fifty sixty, sixty million euros. It's about forty five fifty million. like him. Is he is he ready for the Premier League? Who knows, you know. But if Klopp wants him, then we'll get him. So yeah, I'm not surprised. He's good, you know. I haven't seen too much of him. Like you know, I, I don't really watch the Portuguese league. Um, but what I've seen in the Champions League, he's a force. Well, you, Richard, do you think that's what we'll look at Adam potentially for? Because the links. Are heating up to be fair. Uh, your grind journalist who's very reliable tweeted about it today as the time recording it. Um, do you think he is coming in to replace your likes of your Minaminos, your Oxers, your Arigis, minutes in the side? And we are going to keep hold of the current front five now. I think if, if he comes in, then you know, Mane, Salah, Firmino, I think one of them, if not two of them, are going to go now. A lot of hinges obviously on the Salah contract because if Salah signs a new deal. I can see Firmino and possibly Mane's, you know, days being numbered. And if that is the case, then yeah, we could be looking for a forward option, especially with Origi on the way. I personally, I, I see Minamino as a squad player. I've always seen him as a squad player. And that's why we signed him for such little amounts of money. It depends really, doesn't it, on, on Salah. A lot hinges on him because if he does end up not signing a contract, um, we need someone on that right wing because we haven't really got anyone. Jota, Mane and... Um, Diaz can all play on the left, but no one can really come in on the right. We've seen it sometimes with Diaz on the right or sometimes Mane, but it doesn't have that impact. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if some of those Liverpool forwards left. We know Origi's most likely off to AC Milan, where I think he'll tear up Syria. Um, Minamino wouldn't surprise me if he did leave. I'd keep him around as a squad player because he is okay to come on, um, even though he hasn't recently. And... Yeah, I think a lot. It all depends on Salah, doesn't it? Because if Salah goes, that money will be reinvested in that front line. And same really for Firmino and Mane. Now, they won't go for a lot of money. I think that Mane's form might warrant that he gets a contract extension, if I'm honest, because he can play through the middle as well. I think if someone is going to go out the door, it will be Bobby. And we know that Origi's on his way too. That leaves Diaz, Jota, Mane, Salah and Minamino. You know, is that enough? I don't know. Um, where's Elliot going to play? Where's Fabio Carvalho going to play? I think they're issues as well that we're going to have. So it doesn't surprise me because Nunes is sensational. I think he's probably more likely to end up in another Manchester United revamp, though with a, a Ten Hag perhaps at the helm, because we know that United are going to splash and back their, back their manager. And Nunes, apart from Mbappe and Haaland, is probably the hottest youngster in Europe right now. No. <clears throat> Well, or Kareem Adeyemi, but it looks like he's going to Dortmund, Dortmund. doesn't he? Mm. That's a good move. Speaking of Dortmund, um, Jude Bellingham, again, rumours hot up around him. One I've always said, I think will probably be next summer. 
can you see it happening this summer, Daz? Could they could they really let Harlem and Bellingham go in one year? Um again, I think it, it all down to the Salah contract. Um because if we sell him, then you know, we we've got the money that I, I yeah I can't see Dortmund letting two of their, you know, superstars go in, in one summer. So I think it, it unless a deal comes where Liverpool kind of go, well, we'll, we'll sort a of contract for you or loan you back to Dortmund. Maybe. But I, I just think that would be just, you know, it's either you buy him and, and bring him. But I, I can't see it this summer. You know, I, I just can't. I'd love to have him again. Another top talent. But, uh, yeah, it just all, it's all, all, all dependent on this contract, in it, with Salah. What, what's going on? I still think he's signing. I just do. I do. I think he's. I think he's signing. All of all of the sounds that's coming out of Liverpool, like he wants to beat Ian Rush's record and he wants to win multiple Champions League and Premier Leagues with Liverpool. Now, I think that he wants to stay, or is he? You know, and and I think it will get done. The fact that everything's quite calmed down suggests that you know things are going on as well. Um, for Bellingham, though, no, I think it would be for me next summer because then you are going to have to have a midfield revamp because. Fabi can keep keep going for another few years, um, but Thiago, Milner, Hendo, you know, they they are looking um, on the, you know, uh, not on not on the old side at all because those those blokes will run and run and run. And Thiago has been sensational this year. I think apart from Kevin De Bruyne, he's been the best midfielder in the Premier League. Uh, he's just been an absolute revelation. But to rebuild for that, you know, to rebuild next stage, you do need to Jude Bellingham. You know, you need somebody in that midfield to play like Bellingham does, to be that eight, to be that box-to-box, etc. Um, and also to score goals that he does, that attacking threat, that direct um, play that is almost like in between Henderson and Cater, like a hybrid. Um, and that that would be phenomenal signing for Liverpool. Um, Matty loves the fact he's called Jude as well. I think, um, you know, it's, it's probably the worst-kept secret about his dad being a Liverpool fan as well. So, yeah, I, I think he'll probably be one for next season when the likes of Henderson is perhaps being squeezed out of the team, when Milner has left, when Thiago might need less minutes. We don't know what's happening with Cater's contract. I would like to see him get another contract because I think he's earned it. He's obviously, you know, it expires next season. I think he's been brilliant this season when he's been playing and he's been fit. He's been fit a lot more this season, as has Thiago, and it shows because they've, they've both done a really good job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Thiago, for me, probably aside from Salah as player of the season. Yeah, I do think Salah's deal is going to be done myself. Uh, purely because if we were going to sell him, you're probably only going to get 80, 90 million for Salah with a year left on his contract, which is a robbery, really. Exactly. Who did just say, I'll wait a year? Yeah. And they'll probably you know, to Salah that way. And also, teams right now, if, if we're going the way that things are going, um, it looks like Mbappe's going to Madrid. Barca don't have 90 million. So the only team that he can go to is PSG. Now, why on earth would he want to go to PSG? It's a poison chalice. You know, Neymar, um, uh, sorry, Neymar and Messi are not going to go anywhere because no one's going to pay them the wages that they're on. You know, so Salah's going to go in there and just be another individual, it seems. So I don't think he's really got too much choice and that might help Liverpool in the fact that no one can afford his wages and no one can afford his transfer fee that we are going to request. Genie, have a story yeah. there, could help as well, because he's obviously he probably still speaks to the team. Surely you'd say to Sally, you don't want to come here. <laughs> like it's 
grass isn't always green, is it? But one, one final thing before we go, put it both to you. Are you just worried in a sense if it does feel like Drew Bellingham will be next year? But with Milner and the Ox looking like they're departing, Liverpool are very stubborn and will wait for the, the man they want. We've seen it with Canate, we've seen it with Van Dijk, we've seen it with Alisson. Do you think we will still go and add midfield reinforcements this year or do you think we'll be stubborn enough to think we're going to get our man next year and we go into the, se- the next season with a light midfield? I'll start with you, Daz. I think we'll, we'll, we'll go into the market. Um, you know, Hendo's not getting any younger. Thiago can't play, you know, like 38 league matches plus Champions League and, and the rest. No, I, I think we'll go in for, you know, maybe a midfielder that's about 30, 40 mil. I don't know who, but I, I would think that's what Liverpool's highest, you know, uh, transfer money-wise is. Because you look at Hendo, I mean, yeah, he'll run and run and run, but he, he is, he's, he's getting on. Um, Thiago's injury... Well, has been injury prone as well. Uh, we, I just don't think Klopp will will risk not bringing in a midfielder with Ox leaving, Milner leaving, you, you. Cavalio. I mean, we're, we're still trying to figure out where he's going to play, don't aren't we? You know, yeah. I mean, some say the false nine. Um, I can't maybe see him doing that. But uh, is Elliot going to get more games? You know. We, we've got Jones as well. Uh, I mean, we had this conversation last time. You know, is Jones going to go out on loan? Does he need more, you know, maturity? Will Elliot go out on loan? Has Elliot's not featured at all, really? And and, and it's, uh, we, we've got the youth. I mean, it, Morton's kind of disappeared, you know, off, off kind of the squad. So... Uh, I, I don't like saying it if it was me because, you know, I, I don't know nothing when it come, compared to like Klopp's thoughts, but I, I would think a 30, 40 million pound midfielder, but who? I have no idea. What about you, Richie? Could you think Elliot and Jones take them minutes of, I know Diox hasn't been getting many minutes, but Milner gets a few. Do you think Elliot and Jones fill that or do you reckon we do bring someone in? Well, Milner gets the minutes because he comes and controls that game, can't he? He can come in and play as a six. He can come in and be defensive. Elliot and Jones aren't those players. So if Milner goes, it's more of an issue, really, if Milner goes than it is if Ox goes. Because, yeah, Jones and Elliot could both take Oxlade-Chamberlain's minutes because they play a similar role, that advanced eight role in that midfield. I think the issue would be with Milner. Now, you Daz mentioned it earlier about Tyler Morton. Is he ready? Is he going to be ready next season? Because if he is, then he fills the Milner minutes. And then that's absolutely fine. That's the way that Liverpool like to progress their youth. I think he benefited from a catastrophic early midfield injury crisis. And that's the only reason why Tyler Morton played, if I'm honest. He did come in and do well, but he did show signs of that immaturity that will come with age, uh, where he's diving into tackles and getting left out of position. So it depends how his development goes where he can slot in because he could come in and slot in with the Milner minutes, if I'm honest. But if you actually, if you look at when Milner comes on, it's when usually we are in a lead and we just need someone to control and we need another leader in the middle of the pitch. Um, And that's what Milner does absolutely perfectly as a cameo. He's not an out-and-out starter. He knows that. Even though he's fit as a fiddle, you know, that's his role in that team. So 
I would like, you know, I'd like to see the development of Morton because I think the best thing about Liverpool has always been their academy and their promotion of their youth, that we don't have to go out and spend millions and millions on replacements because great football teams do that. They, they build their youth and they build from their academy. And that's why Liverpool, Manchester United, Barcelona, they've all been great successes in doing that. So with Ox, I think Jones and Elliot absolutely will fill those minutes. And I think they'll benefit from doing that because they do need more game time. But with Milner, if he stays, there was rumours that he could stay for another year. And if he does, then that, then great. If he doesn't, what happens if, for instance, Fabi gets an injury? Henderson can play the six. Again, can he play every single game if Fabi has a long-term injury? Probably not. So I think, um, you know, that six role is going to be, be important. And obviously, Liverpool are going to be looking at this as well, aren't they? So, you know, I, I, I can't see them... I can't see them splashing out lots of money because, as you said, I think Bellingham might be one for the future. Um, but where would they want to splash the money? Because I look at that Liverpool side and if Salah's staying, do we need to splash a lot of money? We'll leave it on that. It's food for thought. But we have been the LFC Transfer Room podcast, the room, should I say. Me and Matty, joined by Richie and Daz. 